2: Hello, America, and beyond the Fruited Plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. It is your home for common sense conservatism. Donald Trump is still the kingmaker, ladies and gentlemen. If anything yesterday proved most, it is that singular fact. You can squabble and gripe and moan and act like children all you want, but by golly, if you don't have the backing of the leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, good luck. And Tom Emmer learned that in a, in a quick, quick way yesterday. I've never seen somebody rise and fall so quickly on the stage. And that is exactly what Tom Emmer did. We're going to get to talk about Mike Johnson. He is the guy that the uh, Republicans have chosen as their speaker designate. And that means they're going to vote today in about three hours. They seem to tell us it's a done deal, that we have a united conference. We'll talk about that. I'm interested in the 26 people who sunk Emmer. (laughs) I think it's delightful, and I think there are a couple names that are absent on the list that are even more interesting. And we're going to walk into all of it. So delighted to have you. Remember the Wendy Bell Radio Network app. You can join along on the live stream. We video the entire thing live for you, commercial breaks and everything. Or you can get the podcast, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite podcasting options like share five-star review we're just delighted to be part of your family and that you are part of ours i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all amen you know i have to say i think the brian kilmeades the mark levins the sean hannity's the newt gingrich's All of these people who came out, pants on fire. This is so embarrassing. I can't believe we don't have a speaker. I hope they all feel really stupid because the process is the process that the framers envisioned. This is how it's supposed to work. A give and go, ebb and flow until there is... An understanding until there is an agreement, until you have a shared focus. Mike Johnson, a very interesting choice. I've liked Mike Johnson for a while. He's been on my radar probably since COVID. Certainly, he's been on the radar of a lot of Americans since Donald Trump was impeached. As a lawyer, he helped Donald Trump with some of his legal defense regarding the nonsense that the Democrat Party put us through as a nation for years. Screw all of them. That's an overarching theme I have every single day. Screw them. In all these voices of alleged conservative values, these pillars of conservative um, ideology, right, who've proven their true colors. These are the people who wanted to stay with freaking Kevin McCarthy. These are the people who then said, you know what? Emmer's a good guy. Let's just go with him. Let's go. It's getting so embarrassing. No, it's not. It's called change. It's called changing with times, fighting back against corruption, stepping away from the suck of the swamp, serving the people. And the people overwhelmingly said knock it off, you don't share our values. So you know I talk about Liberty Scores, Liberty Review. More and more people are checking out Liberty Score. I think this is great because it gets to show you who's doing what. These votes get obscured often. Well, they're all there for you. 50 of the most recent votes that our elected U.S. Senators and Congress people have taken, all right? Mike Johnson right in the middle, 74% C. Far cry from Kevin McCarthy's 54% F, right? Or Steve Scalise's F, or Tom Emmer's 69% D, which means they vote more often with Hakeem Jeffries and the Democrats than they do the Republican Party. Who are you guys serving? And and how are you also mystified that people don't want you anymore? Kevin McCarthy, how butthurt are you, man? You are are now relegated to the depths of oblivion. Nobody cares what you think. Nobody cares what you say. You don't have any power anymore. You've lost faith of the American people. So you have Emmer with a 69. You have Byron Donalds with a 100%. He's way... He's way too extreme, some people said. There's nothing extreme about Byron Donalds. He's a smart business owner. And he would be a fantastic anything that this party wants him to be. But at 100%, the moderates, which are really the Democrats pretending to be Republicans in our caucus, were not having it. So let's talk about the 26 people who ultimately sunk Emmer, Okay. Because this is after Donald Trump was like, you know what, this is a never Trumper. This is a guy who went out, who actively took George Soros family money and became the spokesmodel of the national, um, what was it, Popular Vote Initiative. Essentially proposing doing away with Electoral College so that places that are smaller populated, smaller states, more rural farmland areas don't have a voice. And the lunatics in California and New York, you know, those super smart elites who are now waking up and realizing their alma maters suck, right? These elites then can make all the decisions that govern America. It's exactly not how it was supposed to be. And Tom Emmer went out and highly advocated that. He, he believed that the 2020 election should have been certified. Mike Johnson didn't. Mike Johnson said when Nancy Pelosi ripped up the state of the union after Donald Trump had delivered it, that that was, in fact, a felony, that that is a felonious act. And he, in fact, votes in lockstep with a lot of the Republicans before him, his mentor, Jim Jordan. Now, is Mike Johnson a, the fiscal hawk, the fiscal you know conservative that I personally would love to see in this position? He's not and any kind of voting that has swayed him to a more middle-of-the-ground Liberty score tends to, from my reading, by and large, be predicated on that. But I'm interested in the 26 people who voted to give him the chance by voting down Tom Emmer. You know who's not on the list? And let me read the list to you. These are the people who said no to Emmer, not a chance, Open the door to Mike Johnson. Rick Allen, Georgia, Jim Banks, Indiana, Andy Biggs, Arizona, Josh Bresheen. sorry, I'm not familiar with him, Mike Cloud, Texas, Andrew Clyde, Georgia, Mike Collins, Georgia, he's a good guy, we've had him on the show, Eli Crane, good guy, Arizona, Warren Davidson from Ohio, Bob Good from Virginia, Paul Gosar, Arizona, MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia, Tennessee's Diane Harshbarger. Ronnie Jackson from Texas, Kentucky's Tom Massey, Max Miller from Ohio, Mary Miller from Illinois, Corey Mills, Florida, Troy Nels, Texas, Ralph Norman, South Carolina, Andy Ogles from Tennessee, Scott Perry from Pennsylvania, Chip Roy, Texas, Keith. Self, Keith Self from Texas, Greg Stubbe, Florida and Florida again for Anna Paulina Luna. These 26 Republicans essentially said to Tom Emmer, pack up, dude, not a chance. You are way not the person we need. You know who's not on this list? Mike Kelly from Pennsylvania. You know who's not on this list? Who means they voted for Tom Emmer? Matt Gates. I find that very interesting because Emma only slightly as lousy as Kevin McCarthy. But I wonder, did did Matt Gaetz step out of the limelight after pulling the pin on the grenade and lobbing it into that chamber and said, basically, I'm out of this? You guys figure it out. We asked Kevin McCarthy for something very basic, and it's something that Mike Johnson is down with. Big advocate strong single issue appropriations don't load everything together wrap it up in a bow present it to us as some fabulous deal we want single item subjects we want 72 hours to read we want robust decisions or conversations we want to be able to tweak matters and then send it out in the best way possible and that is what i understand Mike Johnson is all about I want you to hear him quickly before the break this was him do we have time for it Brock or do you want me to hold it do you want to hold it I'll hold it okay so right after all of this after five votes finally they've decided on Mike Johnson they all come out in this weird kumbaya moment whatever and they're Mike 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 which is very weird but he says something that I think is very striking and it's necessary right now See, the Democrats create the illusion of togetherness. But you can be together in a in a swamp of suck and you can kumbaya all you want. You're still suck. You're still stuck. Right. But if you can come together after what these Republicans have gone through, you have the potential to blow the lid off of very many important things like the Biden crime family syndicate. Job number one. We'll talk about it. Do not go anywhere. You're dialed into the Wendy Bell radio program. So Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson, let's see, he's consistently voted against Ukraine aid, except for the very first aid bill. We know he's pro-life. He supported President Trump's 2017 executive order prohibiting immigration from seven Muslim countries. He solidly votes with his GOP colleagues. He's very policy driven. He's experienced. He's been a member of uh, Congress for seven years. Before that, he was a member of the Louisiana House. Um, He fought for Trump as a member of his legal defense team during both of Trump's impeachment hearings. He is a staunch ally. Uh, Mike Johnson is a constitutional attorney, having received his degree from Louisiana State University. He is married. He is the father of four children. His Christian faith, we know, is an important part of his life. He often leads prayers on the Hill. His mentor is Jim Jordan voted for him repeatedly for speaker, voted against certifying Biden's election. Um, He's been actively involved with the investigations into Joe Biden, wants to bring forth justice for Joe Biden's crimes, represents Louisiana's fourth congressional district, which includes 760,000 residents, and won his congressional seat with the largest margin of victory in his region in more than 50 years. So I think this is a good move. I'm hopeful that this is going to put it to bed. Right. Twelve o'clock today, of course, we'll be monitoring it. and We'll have all the latest for you tomorrow morning. I want you to hear moments after he was he was basically determined to be the speaker designate. He and a bunch of House Republicans gathered around a podium at the press briefly to make the announcement. Um, and I like how he sounds and what he has to say. I want you to hear. Go ahead.
1: We want to thank all the press for waiting. It's been quite a
2: process.
1: (laughs) Democracy is messy sometimes, but it is our system. This conference that you see, this House Republican majority, is united. to have the support of my colleagues and what they understand about this is, this is servant leadership. We're going to serve the people of this country. We're going to restore their faith in this Congress, this institution of government. America is the last best hope of man on the earth. Abraham Lincoln said it, Ronald Reagan used to remind us all the time, and we're here to remind you of that again. We're going to restore your trust in what we do here. You're going to see a new form of government, and we are going to move this quickly. This group here is ready to govern, and we are going to govern well. We are going to do what's right by the people. And I believe the people are going to reward that next year, but we have a lot of big priorities ahead of us right now. The world is on fire. We stand with our ally, Israel. We have a very busy agenda. We have appropriations bills to get through the process, but you are going to see this group looking, working like a well-oiled machine. We owe that to the American people. The, the people up here are, have been sent here by the people of this country to do this job, and we are going to do it well. We commit that to you. Thank you for allowing us to go through the process and get to this. It was worth it, and we are going to serve you well.
2: He just seems very calm. He seems very stoic, excited to be done. You know, he strikes me as one of those people who goes to Congress not because he dreams of being a politician, but because there's a calling, there is a need, there is a hole that needs to be filled, and he decides to fill it. Now, I found it very interesting. Prior to Emmer dropping out, and this happened in a matter of hours after Donald Trump posted on Truth Social, basically, that Tom Emmer was a a rhino hack, He was a never-Trumper, a guy who wanted to get rid of the Electoral College, somebody who believed in the 2020 election, thought it was safe and secure, and there was nothing wrong with it, did not listen to his constituents. All right. I think it's very interesting how fast he folded, right? Hours. I also find it funny that both he and Steve Scalise decided to, in that secret balloting, decide to not continue rather than saying, let's put it on a floor vote. Let's go to the floor. Let's see how people vote. Let's make it happen to call everybody out. Jim Jordan said that he said, let's go twice and lost votes the second time, right? Put it out there. If you don't want me, that's fine. Then let's find out who we want. And I think that's what happened. So a lot of true colors and in the inner machinations of this yesterday, five secret votes, To determine that Mike Johnson was going to be the guy and each time the field narrowed because whomever got the fewest had to basically drop out and that's how it whittled down Byron Donald's dropped out and gave the opportunity to Mike Johnson as the case should be it should not be a popularity contest it should be a meritocracy. And that is where we need to get back. But Kevin McCarthy, in the back wings, wheeling and dealing, trying to trying to talk to Democrats and Republicans. Hey, you know, if uh, if you let me come back, I'll uh, I'll bring in Jim Jordan. He'll be kind of my assistant. Well, You know, that doesn't really work, Kev. That's not what we're about. We have listened to and have played on this program multiple times. Really interesting audio from Mike Johnson. One of the more interesting and perfectly spot on poised, capable and scathing conversations he had was as a member of the House Judiciary Committee. And before him was DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who is nothing more than a windbag liar who cannot answer a question, who embodies the Biden administration strategy of bloviate, slow walk, run out the clock, and then when all else fails, just lie. And so we've taken a very specific give and go. Each of these members gets five minutes, if you pay attention to the process, five minutes to question, in this case, it was Alejandro Mayorkas. And Mike Johnson's five minutes were so necessary That we've sliced it up into eight different chunks for you. And my goal is to present to you what I believe is a strong leader. And you get to decide what you think at the end of it, right? You do. So hang tight. When the Wendy Bell Radio Program comes back, we're going to lay out that sound for you. And remember, we have our Newsmax Jerusalem Bureau Chief, Israel Correspondent Daniel Cohen He's coming up in the third hour of the program. Don't miss a word of this. It's important. Coming up on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys. I have been energized by the last three weeks. Doesn't it feel like it's been so much longer than three weeks since Kevin McCarthy was booted from the, the gavel, the gavel grip? It seems like it's been a lot longer than that but i have to say never once in the entire process have i felt embarrassed or ashamed have i found it to be uncomfortable no how else do you have people be forced to show you who they really are it doesn't come in good times when there's harmony when everybody's holding hands and singing the, you know, the, the song and swaying together. Yeah, it comes when things get rocky. It comes when there's an emergency. It comes when enough people are tired with ineptitude. And that is where we are. I still think Matt Gates is the hero of all of this. And I think it's been fascinating that he has really taken a back seat to all of these proceedings after forcing McCarthy out he's sort of like you guys go deal with it now he was widely criticized by people like Mark Levin and Sean Hannity he didn't have a plan Newt Gingrich Matt Gaetz came in blew it all up and had no plan why should he have the plan he's part of a conference he's part of more than 200 men and women It's not his job to get everybody on the same page. That's got to be the process. And the process, sadly, is it's intended to be plotting. It's like justice. Why do you think every court case takes like two years to get where it's going? That is simply the way the process works. It's maddening for sure, but it's purposeful. I've never once felt embarrassed. I'm proud of what they've done. I'm proud of the people who've stood up and have proven to me the Chip Roys and the Byron Donalds and some of the names like the Matt Rosendales who otherwise really didn't take much of a spotlight. There are those who are constantly out in front of the microphones and there are those who quietly vote the same way as the most staunch conservatives in the shadows. And I like that and they've come forward and it's good. I want you to hear Mike Johnson. All right, so this is a hearing. This is the House Speaker-designate. This is a House hearing in July, and it was a House Judiciary Committee hearing with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He is not protecting the homeland. There is nothing secure about it. And in his five minutes, Mike Johnson has a very limited time to go over something specific. And he's talking specifically to Alejandro Mayorkas, about a division of his wing of government, a division of the of the Department of Homeland Security called CISA, CISA, whatever you want to say, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security, whatever. Okay, so this is under that wing. We had that wacko woman from the Disinformation Board who wanted to sing la 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 la, right? And these are the people who want to determine what is misinformation, what's disinformation, and who have credibly been accused of working with social media companies to silence, specifically conservatives. What we say, how we say it, where we say it. And so this is what Mike Johnson is specifically asking about. I have a series of eight audio sound bites. It's his five minutes, and we're going to break it up for you. I want you to hear how he manages himself. He's prepared, he's smart, and I like his attitude. So he says, basically, an audio soundbite number one. You know, it seems like you're supposed to have a lot of jobs that you do, but it seems like your overarching job performance has been one to suck. Right? This is what he says. Go. Audio soundbite one.
1: I recognize the chair now recognizes a gentleman from Louisiana. Secretary Mayorkas, we have the frustrating responsibility on this committee of providing oversight of your agency, but I have to be honest and tell you, I'm not sure exactly what you do at the Department of Homeland Security other than great harm. On your watch, the data is pretty clear. We've had record levels of illegal immigration, a rapid decline in deportations, skyrocketing fentanyl deaths across our country, and the Secret Service, which is a DHS component, can't determine who left cocaine at the White House.
2: Perfect, 29 seconds in, out, perp. It was, gr- it was great, right? I can't imagine anything that you do at your agency other than harm. And knowing he's got five minutes, he says, look, I want to hone in specifically on a program you created to censor free speech, the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. And he's then specifically going to talk about a lawsuit called Biden versus Missouri or Missouri versus Biden. And this is the big thing where the attorneys general of both Missouri and Louisiana got together. To to show basically gross government overreach and censorship of people like you and like me, and so he asks Alejandro Mayorkas a very simple question. Go.
1: In the middle of all this, you created the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency (CISA), which is a division of of, of of DHS, and it's one of the Biden administration agencies that colluded with and coerced the social media companies to censor Americans' protected free speech online. That's specifically detailed in a 155-page court opinion that came out of the federal court in Louisiana in the landmark litigation of Missouri v. Biden. Have you read that court opinion?
0: Uh, Congressman, uh, I have not. And um, uh, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency does not censor speech.
2: Sure they do, and everybody knows they do because that whack job got caught. Nina Jankowitz, was that her name? Lunatic, right? So no, they do not censor people," says Alejandra Mayorkas. But I also have not read this decision. Well, this is pretty big," says Mike Johnson. It has everything to do with you and your leadership and your department, and you haven't read it. Audio soundbite three.
1: Okay, well, that's the court found otherwise, and it's really curious to me. Actually, it's quite alarming that you haven't read the opinion, because your agency is listed in this opinion. The federal court looked at volumes of evidence over months of litigation. And they determined, among other things, that uh, if the allegations made by the plaintiffs, the states in this case are true. And, And hold on, the preliminary injunction was granted against your agency, sir, and other Biden administration agencies, including the DOJ and FBI. The court said it involves the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. And you're telling me this opinion issued July 4th has not reached your desk? No one's briefed you on it?
0: Oh, I have been briefed on the Missouri litigation. Okay,
1: but you haven't taken the time to read it yet.
0: Congressman. Um, Lee,
1: no, hold on. Lee. Have you read it or not? I, I have read parts of it. Oh, parts of it. Did you read the parts where it said that this is Orwellian and dystopian and that your agency is involved in a massive cover up of specifically conservative free speech online?
2: So he went from I've not I'm not aware of it to I've been briefed on it to I've read parts of it. That's called the anatomy of a liar, which Mike Johnson calls out in audio soundbite number four.
0: Congressman, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is not involved in such conduct.
1: Okay, well, the court found otherwise, and you stand here under oath, and you give us these answers that we know were not true, because this is demonstrably untrue. I'm suggesting to you that you're saying things to us under oath that are proven by the record to be untrue.
2: You are lying to us. Stop lying to us, Mr. Secretary. You do realize that you are under oath. But does that mean anything to anybody anymore? Does that mean anything to anybody on the left? It didn't mean anything to Tony Fauci. He's lied repeatedly. Just ask Rand Paul. orc is sitting there. They are not about censorship. That's not what the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency is all about. Of course it is. Mr. Mayorkas, and he continues. Now, are you familiar with another subsection of this cybersecurity and infrastructure security administration or association? Are you familiar with the whole misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, ridiculousness that you lunatics have launched, foisted upon the American people? Mr. Secretary, go.
1: CISA was created to, uh, we call it the Misinformation and Disinformation Subcommittee of CIS. Are you familiar with that? Uh, Congressman, MDM, the MDM subcommittee? Is it, you're familiar with that?
0: C- Congressman, I am very well
1: aware of the threat of disinformation emanating
0: from adverse nations. Are you
1: familiar with the subcommittee? Just answer the question. I am. Okay. Does it still exist? Congressman, are you speaking of the... Does the MDM subcommittee still exist? Uh, I would have to get back to you on that. Yes. Okay. All right. Kind of a big deal in your agency. I'm uh, kind of shocked that you don't know the answer to that.
2: I'll have to get back to you. I don't know if it exists. I know that we got rid of that singing lunatic. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. You know, that's almost as obnoxious as... Us pretending that we don't know whose baggie of coke it was in the White House. I mean, like, really? You're so obvious about what you're doing. You have a lunatic who's singing about misinformation, right? Who you're creating in some crazy, weird Orwellian way. Who's going to wave, he's going to wave a magic wand. She's going to wave a magic wand. And poof, thou shalt not speak. Well, that's completely contrary to everything that we stand for and everything that the framers stand for, Alex. And then he continues. So describe to me these words that you and these wackos throw around so much as threats to our democracy. Define it for me. Go.
1: What misinformation is? Congressman, uh, misinformation
0: is false information that is disseminated uh, to... Uh,
1: Excellent. Who determines what is false?
0: Uh, Congressman, our focus...
1: No, our who focus determines what is false in your agency? Congressman, if you're going to pull something off the internet and collude with a social media platform to make sure Americans don't see it, who determines what's false?
0: Congressman, we don't do that.
1: That's not true. That is not true. That is not what the court has found. This is not a Republican talking point. This is what the documents show. We've had people testify under oath that say... And you just define the term, you're telling me that you don't know who determines what is false? Congressman, what we do at CISA, the Cybersecurity and
0: Infrastructure Security Agency, is identify the tactics that adverse nation states use to weaponize disinformation.
1: Okay, what is disinformation? What is disinformation? Disinformation is inaccurate information. Who determines what's inaccurate? Who determines what's false? Do you understand the problem here? The reason the framers of our Constitution did not create an exception for quote-unquote false information from the First Amendment is because they didn't trust the government to determine what it is. And you have whole committees of people in your agency trying to determine what they they determine, they define as false or misinformation.
2: Boom, boom, and boom. Stop waving your magic wand, Alex. Who's the person who decides what is true? And what is false? That's what's so hysterical about fact-checking. So tell me who your fact-checkers are, Facebook, Meta, whatever the hell you are. If you do a little bit of research, you realize the handful of college students they have doing it are indoctrinated by people like the Poynter Institute, which is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation of suck, right? Do we depend on these people to determine and be the moral arbiters of what language is and isn't? Of course not. Because if you can control the language, you can control the people. And if you can control the people, you can stay in power indefinitely. Which, by the way, is all any of these losers wants. But wait, I think my favorite sound, from the gentleman who in a matter of hours may well get the gavel as the new Speaker of the House, has to say to Alejandro Mayorkas. And we have that on the way, coming up right after this. So, a little over two hours before the uh, Republicans, well, before the House of Rep- uh, Representatives decides to vote and select, hopefully, Mike Johnson from Louisiana. I have two more audio sound bites from this summer as he's sitting on a House judiciary hearing. He, in the hot seat, has Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas is trying to bloviate, he's trying to stonewall, he's trying to run out the clock, not answer questions, and basically lie. And here is the congressman saying, Look, we know that part of your of your portion of government was all about censoring Americans' free speech. And in the crosshairs, predominantly have been conservatives. You know, this is ridiculous. Does this misinformation, malinformation, whatever, board still exist? And Majorca says, Well, I'll have to get back to you. And He then tries, Mallorca tries desperately after Mike Johnson makes him out to look like a fool. He tries to explain himself. No, look, we're very busy. We're monitoring what other countries are doing. Listen to what he says and Mike Johnson's response go.
0: That is not true. Then what is true? Please enlighten us. What we do is we disclose the tactics that adverse nation states are utilizing
1: No, sir. No, sir. The court found specifically, it's a finding of fact that is not disputed by the government defendants, the Biden administration, your agency, the FBI, or DHS. Not in the litigation. They determined you made, you and all of your cohorts made no distinction between domestic speech and foreign speech. So don't stand there and tell me under oath that you only focused on adverse, you know, uh, adversaries around the world, foreign actors. That's not true.
0: Congressman, the... um the Missouri case, the litigation to which you refer,
1: is the, the subject of continuing litigation. But the facts were not disputed, and I so, so regret that I'm out of time. I hope I get some more yielded. I yield back.
2: I think very classy, very smart, very direct. Don't lie to me. I have limited time. I'm not here to play your reindeer games. And by the way, sir, don't hide behind that. That's part of ongoing litigation. That's part of an ongoing investigation. That's not really my department. You're going to have to go talk to the Department of Defense about that. Oh, you're going to have to talk to the White House attorneys about that. I'm not allowed to say anything. Stop doing that. Stop hiding behind your lies because we know better. And then finally, he gets a rebuttal, okay? Mike Johnson gets a rebuttal, he gets his five minutes, and then it goes to like the lightning round, okay? And this is part of his lightning round, and I just think it very effectively, maturely, succinctly eviscerates the fraud, the hack named Alejandro Mayorkas, go.
1: Okay. I would yield my time to the gentleman from
2: uh, Louisiana.
1: I've only got 25 seconds. I'll just say I don't have time for a question because you'll be elusive. But I just, for the record, since we're stating things for the record, I've been in Congress seven years. I think you're the most dishonest witness that has ever appeared before the Judiciary Committee. And I think I speak for a lot of my colleagues. This is such a frustrating exercise for us because our constituents want answers. They're tired of the open border. They're tired of people dying from Mr. Fentanyl Chairman, overdoses. And it's your fault. It's my time. Mr. Chairman, point of order. No, there's no point of order in the middle of this. This is my opinion. I think is, it's shared by a millions point of Americans. You show there's no there's shame
2: is that who is that is that hank johnson who's talking about that's guam? your
0: boyfriend hank hank johnson is he
2: talking about guam tipping over because there's too many military personnel on it
0: if you gave him enough time he probably it would
2: capsize. he was worried about that what an absolute fool and and mike johnson summarily just destroys him i think it's great and i'm very hopeful very hopeful. We will monitor and hope that things go the right way today because it's time. And he seems like the right leader at the right time to make some changes. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is Lib of the Week.
0: Time now for the Wendy Bell Radio Programs. So
1: love me,
2: love me, love me.
0: I'm a liberal. Liberal of the Week.
2: Well, you know, this is unusual in that one, we almost never have the liberal of the week in the first hour and two, we've never given an entire state (laughs) the award, right? But ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste your time on it. Oregon gets the award for the liberal of the week. And here's why. Listen. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests showing mastery of reading, writing or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. Joelle Jones going beyond the headlines tonight to find out what this pause will mean for students. This is a controversial decision and one that's facing a lot of pushback. While some say the decision will lower state standards and cheapen an Oregon diploma, the Oregon Department of Education tells me this policy simply didn't work and disproportionately harmed students of color. Oh boy, do our our kids have a chance in the public school system? They don't. So I went a little deeper and we dug into last school year. Only 43% of Oregon students were proficient in English language arts. 30.6% uh, were proficient in math and 29.4% were proficient in science. That is less than one half at the best Oregon students know what the hell is going on at their grade level. That is called systematic multi-generational, predictable, taxpayer-funded, government-approved failure. And for the for Oregon, for the Department of Education there to say, you know what, we're not liking the score, so we're just not going to test anymore. And then we're going to say, we're just going to say it's racist or it's inequitable or it's unfair. Oh, No, what that is is the failure of adults to serve children period. Do not go anywhere. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell radio program is next. Donald Trump is gagged. Jack Smith can go on and blab all he wants, and he did. We're calling it lawfare. I'll explain next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.